Hey guys, Hunter here. Wanted to ask you a quick favor. We're really trying to grow the podcast and podcasts typically grow by word of mouth. So if you got a friend or family member who might be, might be interested in this podcast, please shoot them a link so they can hear it and hear the good word of health and fitness. Now let's get to the show. Coyote Fitness Podcast back here today with Caleb and Tyler and we are going to talk about something that was requested topic to talk about today and it is longevity and specifically in how it relates to intensity so uh, the workouts that we do a lot of times or most of the time are you know relatively high intensity and sometimes people wonder what how sustainable is this can I keep doing this for a extended period of time uh, what does that look like? How do I do it if if longevity is something that I want to look at? Um, so that's what we're going to talk about today. What do you guys think? Let's go. Awesome. I'm all about it. I like that we have folks who are listening, engaging with the previous episodes, and then saying, hey, could you expand on this a little bit more? It's a really good uh, – I think it's going to be – it's going to get some really um, – I guess pointed discussions to exactly what people are talking about. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. was kind of cool to get that feedback. This yeah, week. I think we were all talking before this how I mean each of us kind of had our own request from different people on the same topic. So um, you know I like thinking about you know what does a sustainable amount of exercise look like? How can we increase uh, our work capacity through um, consistency? And you know some of the things and that I like to practice even for myself to make sure that I'm still uh, in a position where I'm creating intensity with my workouts. Here's the thing. We don't know what the people around us are doing when they leave the gym. And so a lot of times I think, um, it's easy to think that we are supposed to be able to run around all day to have really hectic schedules, to have really hectic nutrition, um, and then come in and just be at our best every day or to come in and be able to just lay your life on the line on a workout. And the reality is, that's not sustainable for anyone and it's not what's prescribed. And Mm -hmm. so I think that people oftentimes miss, especially with CrossFit methodology or this, the type of exercise that comes with, or that high intensity type exercise. Most people think of one specific, uh, workout intensity and forget that there's a lot of variance that goes into a well-rounded program. So Hunter, maybe you can even talk about how our programming does that intentionally. Yeah, we can talk about that. So I, uh, I had a conversation with somebody uh, this past week who was asking me about um, this, this specific topic because he has had a lot of made a lot of progress in the last year, and he's wanting to know how he can sustain that for a long period of time and make sure he doesn't burn out, which was was the term he used, and that's something that a phraseology that we've heard from people from. In, you know from time to time in the past and something that I've definitely felt uh, for myself and I kind of touched on this uh, previously uh, feeling like um, 
burnt, you know, feeling of burnout, lack of motivation, that type of thing. Um, but my first thought when I hear the word burnout is that you're focused on the wrong metrics. You're paying attention to what your score is on the workout, how much you're lifting, how you're do, doing compared to somebody else. And um, how it, you know, impacted me specifically was I, tr I was training to compete for a, a very long period of time with a, sp a specific goal of making it to the CrossFit Games. And after, you know, a certain amount of years of trying and not making it, I started having the thoughts, well, what am I doing all this stuff for if I'm not going to achieve my goal? And so the reality was all that hard work was was done in one specific instance of I want to try to qualify for this thing. And then when I was not able to, it felt like a waste. And to me, that's what burnout is, is when you're focused on other things, how you're comparing to somebody else, how uh, your how what your PR is. If you didn't get faster in a workout, then you start having these doubts. Well, what's the, what's the point of all this work if I'm not going, going to achieve my specific goal? And to me, if you want to avoid the burnout, the best thing to do is really change uh, what you're focused on as opposed to focus on the end result. Focus on the day-to-day -day process of showing up and giving your best effort. And I was able to get past that by changing uh, my perspective of what the purpose was of me working out. It... it had to change from I'm working out to try to qualify for this thing to I'm working out to try to uh, extend my life, have a higher quality of life, stay healthy, uh, feel better, um, you know, provide a good example for my family and my kids in the future and that type of thing. And so starting to focus on that then becomes a lot easier to come in and focus on the metric of am I consistent? Am I getting my workouts in consistently over time? And that's something that we really try to preach to people is, you know, we have the 50 workout challenge coming up where we, in, we challenge people to come to 50 classes in, uh, in the last three months of the, uh, of the year. And then, you know, last year I had to, I challenged people to get 250 workouts in, in, in the year. And that was something that I really put out to people so they could focus on the, the task of consistently showing up as opposed to, you know, how, um, how much they were lifting or what their time was. <clears throat> and you know, what the, the funny thing is then, um, the people that I challenged to come consistently, they actually made it more progress than they had been when they were just focused on their progress because they were focused on the actual process as opposed to focused on the, on the progress on, on, on the result. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, I think that definitely kind of goes back to something that I actually heard on another podcast somewhere, um, you know, a couple years back and, uh, it's based on Goodhart's law, which is uh, when a measure becomes a target, it then ceases to be to be a good measure. So if you're measuring, your, going back to kind of what you said about your metrics, you know, if you're basing your day solely around what the score of your workout is going to be, you're never going to be satisfied with what that score ends up being, no matter how many times you're on the top of the leaderboard of Sugarwide. You know, there's always a bigger pond out there. And so instead of thinking about, measuring you know what my time is or maybe what my front squat five sets of three was and making that what i identify with for me you know I've, I've become more so the type of person who wants to measure how consistent can i put myself in a situation where maybe i don't necessarily want to uh aim for this target or this this goal or this time but i can still find a way to make my workouts intense because we know that intensity is what creates that greatest adaptation we i mean it comes back to the same thing we talk about it a lot because it's a theme of everything that we do 
is getting to the purpose from the very beginning of why you started. So getting back to your why is, I think, what you're both talking about. When you can identify your why, then it helps you to not be distracted by one, like you're talking about other people, but to not be distracted by the process and that it is a process. We talked about it last week. That's what sparked the whole conversation was just the idea of, you know, for longevity and setting a long-term goal, you've got to be, and you've got to constantly remind yourself of why you began the journey in the first place. And that'll help you from getting distracted by all the shiny objects along the way. And so for a lot of people in our line of exercise, the shiny object is the super intense um, conditioning workout with the score uh, and forgetting that there's a deeper purpose to why that is a great, what you just said, Tyler, why that is a great tool to get you where you want to go and why we believe it is the, the best tool for getting people in the best shape of their life. But it's very easy also to be distracted by some of the aspects of that. What happens when you're focused on constantly trying to get the best score is that you're not, you quit paying attention to your body and how you feel and you start paying attention to only uh, the result and my time on the, on the leaderboard. And what happens is there will be some days when you push yourself harder than you should have because you're trying to get a specific score. And the reality is if you do that enough, you're going to have a lot higher risk of injury, injury, regression, plateau, that type of thing. When, if instead you can change the focus to um, the consistency of showing up X amount of times a, w a week. So um, for me, it's I'm making sure I'm getting my five workouts in every week and then I'm getting my run in on Saturday. And that's my focus. And then day to day, some days I feel good and I, I feel like, man, I really want to push it in this workout. And then there's other days where I'm like, I don't feel very good. I didn't sleep great last night. I'm tired. I haven't eaten enough. I'm going to do, you know, give, give a, a good effort, get the workout done and move on with my day. But if instead you're focused constantly on, I got to beat this guy, I got to beat that guy, I got to beat this person, I got to beat that girl. Um, and I got to be the top of the sugar wad, then you're going to lose that, um, scope of being, uh, aware of how your body feels on a given day. And you're going to, you know, run yourself into the ground. And that's, and that to me, that's when the burnout people start having, uh, burnout. I've seen people over the years come in and say things like, I'm going to, I'm going to stop my membership for a while. I'm feeling burnout. And typically I, I would say across the board, every single time when somebody has said that it's always somebody that I see is coming in and looking and seeing what everybody else did that day and seeing if they can beat that person. Longevity is, and we use the terms because it's easy to visualize the top of the leaderboard, but the reality is most people coming into the day aren't looking at the top of the leaderboard, right? That may be a couple, a couple people. But what everyone has in common is community and friendships. And so oftentimes the source of that becomes we believe that our identity is found in how that other person views our fitness level. And so by reminding people and creating an environment where your value is not what your time on the board is, um, that really can help people to not feel that way. Because like we said, 99% of people aren't coming in and saying, I want to be at the top of the leaderboard. They're saying, 
hey, there's these a couple people around me and a couple of my friends who um, we typically are around the same place, and I'm going to try to beat them. And so there, there kind of is that aiming point of other people. And anytime you aim at another person, you are being distracted from the why of why you started in the first place. And so I think with getting back to why you started in the first place, um, but also in treating other people for what they're valuable for and where you why you enjoy community why you enjoy working out with other people that creates an environment where you also feel that people appreciate you for who you are for coming in giving a great effort having a great attitude um, showing humility and working on new skills and not being afraid to to try new things but also not putting that pressure on yourself to perform um, so I think when when you begin to show that to other people you find that that's what the environment, then you receive that. And then everybody builds up together. I went th through that exact process. Um, because when we opened up coyote, you know, I was in the midst of trying to compete and qualify for the CrossFit games. And that was, you know, the fittest I'd ever been. And my identity was being the fittest guy in the gym. And if anybody ever beat me in a workout, it threatened the identity and I, I, it made me feel bad. Well, then once I got past the point of wanting to compete, I still had the, I had those thoughts in my head. Well, I gotta, I gotta put up the best score or else people aren't going to you know, want to listen to me. They're not going to think that I, I know what I'm talking about. You know, the lies that I was telling myself were if I'm not the fittest guy in the gym, then why, how, how am I going to be a good gym owner if I'm not putting up the, the proper scores? And then over time, what I started to realize was it, it, that just wasn't the case. You know, people still related to me. They were still looking up to me, whether I had the fastest time or the slowest time. And a lot of times for me, you know, if, if say I was feeling tired and beat down and I did a scale version of the workout or I did the fitness version of a workout or I did lighter weight or whatever the case may be that gave people, it gave them the ability to feel like, you know what, I can do this too, as opposed to always feeling like if Hunter's going to have the best score in the gym every single day, then that means that in order for you to make good progress, you have to try to get the best score possible where instead now what I try to model is, you know, some days I feel good. And I'm going to try to, um, you know, push myself hard. Some days I don't, and I'm going to, you know, back off or I'm going to scale. If something's bothering me, but I'm not going to focus on the end result. I'm going to focus on the process and just getting the workout in consistently day over day, week after week, year after year, and focus on getting my 250 workouts a year in and 50 workouts in the last three months and that type of thing. And that's so much more relatable to people. And in, in reality, it probably made me more relatable to everybody else. And they could it, it w had a bigger impact as, as opposed to me being the fittest guy who people can't really relate to that person because that that's not their goal and they're they're not going to put in the work to get to that so they can't really relate to somebody like that so and the actual opposite was true was that i actually became more relatable to people because of that as opposed to less which was the lie that i was telling to myself it really it really is that way that people respect your consistency much more than the shiny object or the the exterior that you try to portray and people see right through it and so i think for for us like we're going to get into some practical things that um the you know how do we get high intensity but also have the longevity and sustainability piece we'll talk practically but um one of the best things you can do to help if you do find yourself struggling with that because i know we all have in the room each of us but i think one of the best things you can do is put us you know, whether we talk about sugar water a lot, if you're listening, this is just a way, this is our, our community's way to put our scores and keep track so we can measure our progress. But if you can get comfortable putting your scores in when you know it's not your best effort and the stars didn't align for you, you're going to realize that the day is going to go the exact same. 
and no one's going to look at you different. No one's going to say anything. If anything, you're just telling them also that um, it's okay to not define yourself by your score. And when you do that, it's actually more encouraging to other people. And so if that's you, we've all been there. Take pride in that, and you're going to find that it probably helps you be become more relatable. And all you're doing is helping the worst thing we can do is only put our good scores in, right? Only put the days in where you're really proud of it. That can be a really a spiral that affects other people because then they think they've got to be at that level. They don't see the reality of what a, a year-long effort looks like. Yeah, I was actually uh, talking with someone um, in one of the classes this morning, and the joke kind of was like, oh, yeah, there's nothing hard for a coach. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, that's not the case at all. Um, you know, every morning I'm up at 4.15, and that's not at all to try to, you know, one-up anybody that's up at 4.05. But, you know, every morning – Yeah, there you go. That's it. And so keep counting. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I get up early. At the same time, people are getting up early to come work out. And, you know, that takes a toll by, you know, if I don't prioritize some things outside of the gym that allows me to rest and recover, then I know that it's more than likely going to affect my performance if that's what I'm focusing on, or it's going to affect my ability um, to be able to not only just give my all in class as a coach, which is my role in my job, but whenever I do go to work out, I need to understand my body. I need to understand what my outside daily expenditures looking like outside of the 60 minutes that I'm going to work out and do fitness for the day. That's really good. Let's talk about um, in practicality how um, the program supports this idea of longevity. And um, I was filling in for Caleb yesterday coaching and uh, I was talking to a guy and he, he said something that I took as a very big compliment. And he said he had been, he had gone to another gym before and he said, um, you know, I played golf last Friday and normally at the old gym, I would not go to the gym because I would so be so beat down from the workout that I just couldn't play golf. But here I'm able to go and get my workout in and still I'm able to go play golf even, you know, even, even though I worked out before. And that's one thing that I really like about uh, this, this gym is that I can work, get my workout in and still, you know, continue on with the rest of my day without it being debilitating. And that's something that I, I take a lot of pride in is trying to create workouts that are hard, but are going to allow people to come back to the next day without, you know, beating people into the ground. Because the reality is the more consistent you are, the more workouts you get in over a certain period of time, the fitter you're going to be. You're not going to make a ton of progress if on Monday every week you beat yourself into the ground and then you're so sore the rest of the week you can hardly work out or get one or two more workouts in. You get one good workout in a week. You're going to be much more likely to make progress if you are, you know, getting a good, consistently, relatively high intense workout in every single day of the week over an extended period of time. And that's kind of why, you know, how the the the, the program is structured. You know, I've spent a lot of time trying to come up with this template that I thought would allow us to hit all the different things that I wanted to hit in a certain amount of time while still um, making it so people could recover. Okay, so because the reality is. When we're working out, we're get, making ourselves work worse. We're not getting better when we work out. We're getting better after we work out when we're recovering. Well, if you're doing so much that you can't recover, then you're just beating yourself down and, and leaving yourself beat down without being, giving yourself the time to recover. And so many times, and this is a mistake I used to make when I was uh, you know, first getting into CrossFit and training, was trying to do so much every single day that I would beat myself out to the ground. And then all of a sudden, I would get you know, 
less fit. I would get weaker. I would have injuries. I would have knee pain and shoulder pain or whatever. So now the template is that I've come up with is it's a, everything is in a 10 week block. So I'm looking at everything and where it's going to fit over 10 week periods to make sure we're hitting all the different things we need to. And then in a given week, if you notice, we always only do, you know, two individual workouts in a row. We never do more than two in a row because the, the um, individual workouts sometimes are the ones that beat you down the most and take the most um, recovery. And so that's why Wednesdays and Saturdays are always going to be partner workouts because they're an opportunity for you to get some work rest in, to work with a partner, take the mental stress off. Because reality, a lot of times we stress so much about how we're doing on an individual workout that that's a stressor just like the physicalness is the mental stress that you get into an individual workout, whereas the partner workout, it takes the pressure off and it makes it more fun. And then a lot of times, you know, we'll look, I'll look at the week and say, all right, we lift, we're going to lift really heavy one or two days in a workout. Well, the, another, an, another two days, we're going to do lighter body weight, aerobic type stuff to help the body recover. And so it's never going to be something where we're just beating you into the ground every single day. It's all trying to mix and match so that you can still get a good workout in and recover and move on to the next day. What I've found through the years is that there's an anxiousness about losing our fitness that drives people to overwork. There's a, I think we love so much the effect that our fitness has had on our lifestyle and our life and how great it makes us feel. And so many of the benefits for that when we leave the gym that we experience from consistently exercising, focusing on our nutrition. But what we find is that sometimes we will have school teachers who are more stressed about exercising than a CrossFit Games athlete is taking an off season. Right. And so the fear of, oh, you know, I'm stressing at vacation because I know I'm going to I'm going to come back and the workouts are going to be harder. And one thing that COVID taught us was that whenever we took eight weeks and six weeks and the gym was closed, you know, six months, eight months later, everybody was right back to where they were, if not fitter. And I guarantee you, most people were fitter than they were the year before at that point after having six weeks off from the gym. And what that taught us was that our body is able to take rest and then to build back. And it absolutely has to have the rest. But for us, I think because we love so much what exercise does for us immediately, we're afraid to take a break from it. And so sometimes it's it's important to realize that everybody needs rest and it is going to be able to adapt. And so to take from that the idea we're talking about today, longevity, I think realizing that a year is a long time and taking a week off, taking six weeks off, if you had to, is not going to set you back years. It's going to set you back a couple weeks and you're going to be right back where you were. And so I think when you take that approach, it really helps you avoid stressing about exercise and helps you relax and focus on the things that are most important in your life. Again, why you started in the first place. Yeah, I mean, we say it all the time. You can only gain what you can recover from. Um, and so even on a day-to-day -day basis, it can look like, um, you know, today's a perfect example. Today's workout in class is a benchmark workout. It's one that we have repeated before, and it's one that we want to measure, and we want to have a pretty good gauge as to the progress that we can make. So we do want to still use our workouts as ways to measure how our fitness level may increase over time. But from a day-to-day -day aspect, I think it looks like even sometimes the mindset of understanding when to appropriately scale. Um, so when you have workouts where maybe you want to focus a little bit more on your gymnastics skill. And so sometimes that means like using a dumbbell or a barbell weight that may be a little bit lighter so you can focus on the skill in your workout. You still want to get the intended stimulus that's provided for the workout. So if you have a workout that's designed to be 8 to 12 minutes, 
but doing a certain skill in a workout makes it more of like a 20 minute workout for you well then more than likely from a longevity standpoint that's going to take away from your fitness more than it would give to your fitness so understanding that sometimes going up and down the tracks being able to say you know if you're typically someone who does uh the performance track and you say hey maybe today i'm gonna you know do uh bar, bar muscle ups and i typically don't in a workout or even uh today i'm gonna do kipping pull-ups um without a band even though i may need to scale them back a little bit if it allows you to get the intended stimulus which is going to almost always be intensity to create the adaptation then you're putting yourself in a position where you can succeed long term and as a coach it's just we found more and more that whenever we can encourage people to scale appropriately then they're able to do that day in day out so let's talk about uh, a couple of takeaways let's give people a couple of takeaways here for if they are wondering how i can have a little bit more or have longevity in this how can i ensure that i'm still doing this 5 10 15 years down the road um what would be a couple of tips you would give guys to guys or gals to um to make sure they they can sustain this for an extended period of time i would experiment with different tracks so we have a great track system um three tracks fitness performance competition i would experiment especially most most of our members 90 95 percent of our members fall in the fitness and performance uh, categories, but I would experiment with both of those. Uh, and then remember that neither one of those is a judgment on your skill level. It's not defining you because you're going, it's not up and down. They're both unique. So that could be one way to, especially if you're on the side that's leaning more towards feeling really fatigued or you find yourself stretch, stressing a little bit of your workouts. I would, I would experiment with the different tracks and I would also experiment with what does a 100% effort look like most of you most of us know that but i would experiment with an 80 to 85 percent effort on some of these individual workouts and focus on just moving really quality and so thinking about movement quality can be a great focus instead of thinking about movement speed thinking about quality and then don't feel like you got to put a note in sugar wad that says 80 percent today right that can also give the wrong idea that certain workouts you're not trying and trying it doesn't mean you're not giving your best effort your best effort can be the effort towards moving really well the best effort does not mean you've got to be laid out on the floor we've talked about this we've posted graphics in the past but if you're in your 40s or 50s 60s you do not need to be laid out on the floor after 80% of your workouts right we need to especially as it starts to get older there's a place for that, but there's also a place for being able to gauge right on that line where you can give a great effort and move really well without um, sacrificing that that last little bit that's going to put you in the tank that's going to keep you from being able to go and play golf or to be able to go out in the yard when you get home and, and mow the yard or, or throw the baseball. Yeah, and then I think outside of your you know 60 minute workout um it's can be honing in some nutrition things in your daily life so knowing that you know if you're someone who travels a lot with work and you may fly to different states cities or drive to different cities every single day if you're spending two plus hours in a car every single day having some confidence in your nutrition and knowing that day in and day out i am eating the things that are going to allow me to be a healthy fit individual um, can really help bolster down when the days that you do get to come into the gym and get to do a workout, then 
you know, the effort that you're going to apply towards your workout is just going to exponentiate because you're already consistently eating the right types of foods, you know, and that looks like, you know, eating, you know, mostly meat, veggies, nuts, seeds, you know, some fruit, some starch, avoiding the added sugars for as much as you can, drinking water, staying hydrated, um, and focusing on that consistent day in, day out nutrition regimen that's going to allow you to um, maximize the time that you do get to spend in the gym. Caleb, what's funny is you mentioned focus on uh, movement quality and technique. And um, there was a month or two ago when we were doing a benchmark workout and my brother came in and he said, he said, I'm, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to get a PR today on this workout. I'm just going to really focus on my quality of movement <clears throat> for this. It, there was cleaning jerks and for the heavy cleaning jerks. And so he was really, I was watching him and his, his technique looked, you know, a lot better than normal. And I was watching him and, uh, he ended up getting a really big yeah, PR. PR'd it, yeah. And so that was really, I think that was really opening for him, but it's just a great testament to, so sometimes you can just focus on improving your quality of movement and technique, and that's going to pay so much more dividend than just trying to beat yourself into the ground every single day. Um, and go ahead. Can I tell you that? I believe, I strongly believe that many people are going to find that to be the case. And part of it, it's, it's a hundred percent physical. The best movers are the fittest people. The fittest people are the best movers. It always goes to be that way. But I think a lot of it too, is there's something psychological about mentally taking that pressure of performance away and controlling what you can control. And I believe that that helps you contribute that energy into the work that you're doing. And it eliminates the energy that you're building up in your mind and that pressure and that tightness that you put on yourself. Yeah. When you relax, when you're ha that's you talk, you taught me this a long time ago. No one's nervous. Typically people aren't nervous before a partner workout. And it's because, especially if it's with their spouse or a friend and they're doing something fun that weekend, they're coming to hang out at the gym and oftentimes you find that people move the best then and so i think there's a mental component and definitely a physical component to that um so to, to piggyback off what you guys were saying what i would recommend people do is change their focus of what you're you're paying attention to with regards to your workouts are you paying attention to how your score relates to everybody else are you paying attention to um you know, you know how you rank on the leaderboard what weight you lifted or are you paying attention to how consistent you've been how many times have you come uh in the last month how many times have you come in the past six months if you click on sugar wad profile history are does your bar graph have you know on weeks four five sixes or does it have some four some two some one some zero some fives you know is it all over the place and so if you can change your focus to um you know, trying to, you know, focus on being consistent and coming um, more frequently. That's what that also is going to, if you know that you got to come back to the gym tomorrow, you're going to make sure you leave a little bit in the tank for tomorrow when you're working out. If you're not thinking about that when you're working out, you might just run yourself to the ground. Then you wake up the next day and you're so sore. You're like, ah, I'm not working out today. But if you are in, in the middle of your workout, realize that, Hey, I got to work out tomorrow. You might, you know, keep yourself from really going to that dark place. That's going to you know, put you in the ground for the rest of the week. I just, I, we talk about it a lot in the gym. We kind of have started to maybe be more confrontational with it than in the past, but I just, I really hate hearing the terminology that gets associated with workouts of death. That's going to be awful. Oh, that workout. And, and we do it without even thinking. And sometimes it is fun and we kind of can joke. And I think that is, that's healthy in a lot of ways uh, because it just recognizes that we're working hard together and there's so much benefit to that. But 
I really do think that when you can kind of spin these to that should not be the case. Like that's not where we're going to impact a million people. We're really wanting to make it a place where people know that hard work's going to happen. Yeah, you're going to be in that moment and have to make a choice to probably work a little harder than you want to and that's comfortable. That's the adaptation, but ultimately we want this to be a place where people can come in, they can work out, have a great time. There's no pressure. You're not feeling like this is going to be uh, something negative, but it's only going to be positive and you're not putting that pressure on yourself uh, that's going to lead you to associate negativity with exercise. Yeah. Man, I love that idea of, of focusing on the quality. Um, I mean, you guys both know that I'm, I'm a little uh, old school when it comes to some things. And so just, you know, kind of digging back into that mechanics, that consistency, that intensity that we talk about in on-ramp on day two the on-ramp discussion is focused on quality of movement. And, you know, we want to move well first, and then we want to move well a lot. Then, only then, are we going to focus on intensity because a lot of times, you know, like you were saying, like you don't realize that you may be moving a little faster than you think when you're focusing on that quality. And something that uh, Chris Allen actually told me as I was just starting to coach is, as a coach, uh, you know, don't encourage anyone to work out in a way that does not allow them to come back tomorrow. And so that has always kind of stuck with me from the beginning. So if you're wondering, you know, okay, these are great ideas and these are cool things, but how hard really should I work out most days? And I would just encourage everyone that, you know, to work out most days in a way that allows you to come back and work out again tomorrow. What is that? I think physically that looks like to me, it looks like I'm probably able to walk off the workout, the clock ends, and I'm able to stand up. You know, I think that's a way that I measure that for myself. Um, you know, how quickly am I able to stand up after after the workout, or am I able to, to finish and do that? Um, if you're not sure, just ask your coach. Have a conversation about that and um, ask, say, you know, bring whatever's going on in your life, bring it to your coach and say, Hey, this is kind of what I'm thinking for the day. And you, that's going to give you that freedom. It's going to give you confirmation and it's going to ensure that you're confident with what you're doing. Yeah. I wanted to uh, wrap up this discussion with maybe a way, a couple ways for people to kind of have a little self-evaluation for themselves and think about, well, am I setting myself for burnout down the road? Am I, or am I on a sustainable path? And the first step to me is just asking that question is do I feel like I can sustain this for an extended period of time? Can I do this for a year? And if you really think about, can I hold this pace for a year? Um, then that's great if you can. And if not, think about, well, what part of what I'm doing do I feel like I can't sustain? And then, you know, adjust that accordingly. Um, another sign that I would say um, that you might be setting yourself up for some um, burnout down the road is how do you feel um, when you're – how much time do you spend looking at sure what and how do you feel um day to day depending on on the workout does where you place on the leaderboard affect your mood is it affecting your mood in such a way that you're upset after workout even though you got to go work out because you didn't get as good a score as, as somebody else did or you don't feel like you you, you feel like you you should have been higher on the leaderboard or man all my hard work's not working because so and so beat me on this workout are those thoughts going through your head or is it like Hey, this is great. Uh, I'm happy with. I got a good workout in. Um, you know, I'm maybe I would. I wish I would have been higher up the leaderboard, but the reality is, I am where I am, and I'm going to move on to the next day. So, are you are you feeling like that? And then a third would be, how nervous are you getting before workout specifically? Um, and a little bit of nerves is okay, especially if you're worried. You know, man, this is going to be a hard workout. You know, I'm not sure if I can do it, but 
you know, for me in, in the past when I was getting really nervous, it was because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if, am I going to be able to have the fastest score? Am I going to be able to get the score that I want to, or, you know, always get the most nervous before like a benchmark workout or a, a open workout, because then you're going to be, um, you know, ranked on where you finish on that compared to last time. Am I, am I going to be able to beat my score from last time? Are you so nervous that you think about it all day and you're super nervous before the workout? Or is it just a little bit of, Hey, this is going to be hard, but I'm going to push through it. So those are a couple of things that you can kind of self-evaluate yourself with. And if, you know, if you check the box on all, all three of those things, then it might be worth having a conversation with a coach about, Hey, I don't feel like I can sustain this for 10 years. What can, what, what are some tweaks that I can make um, to make sure that I'm doing this? Cause the reality is 10 years down the road, you're going to look back and wish that you had figured out a way to, to continue to, you know, do this for 10 years. Because if you, you know, run yourself into the ground over the next year and then you stop working out for nine years and 10 years, you're going to be like, man, I wish I would have kept with my program um, for that extended period of time. So we don't judge you. We we're glad you're at the gym. We really want you to understand that this is a place that's a safe place for people to come in with whatever, whatever's going on, whatever level that you're at. We want to, we're going to find a way to make it exactly what you needed for the day. And that's, what's really cool about I think the way that we're shifting things and, and kind of learning from our own mistakes in the past personally to be able to to guide people to help prevent more and more of that burnout. I leave for a couple of years, come back. We really want to learn from that. And so, um, yeah, I think this is this is a real rewarding conversation that we have. We get to have day to day and we wanted to bring to everybody. So that's cool. That's good. Tyler, anything else you want to add before we move on? I love it. You love it. <laughs> do you do you love it? Do you love coming to the gym every day? Um, if you do, you're gonna be able to stick with it a lot longer. Okay, so let's move on to the next segment. Outside the box. Straight into it. Outside the box. Hey, nice, nice. I like that. I like that little ad lib there. He's just trying to. Help. He's giving it. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler wanted it to, to get a, um, you know, make a splash since he missed the last outside the box segment. So, um, what do you guys got going on this uh, this week this weekend? Anything fun? Man, let me tell you. Uh, um, it is getting into one of my favorite times of the year. Um, duck hunting is around the corner. Um, got the opportunity to hunt with some friends from college last weekend. It was really cool. Um, got to go on some dove hunts and goose hunts over the Labor Day uh, weekend. It was really cool um, to hang out with some friends I hadn't seen in a while. And so this upcoming weekend, I'm hoping... Um, to maybe be able to go with some friends up to the Mississippi Delta, um, kind of some old stomping grounds, maybe go on a little teal hunt, um, spend some time in the woods with friends and my dog. Um, so as the weather cools off, it just excites me to be able to go do that every now and then. It's a fun thing to be able to enjoy. Um, kind of takes me outside. That's what gets me outside. It kind of good stress relief and be able to go do something fun with some friends. Um, so I'm super pumped uh, with teal season being around the corner to get into a little bit of that. What about you, Caleb? Well, outside the box, we have a Coyote Fitness Flowwood event that we're going to be doing. We're going to be bringing our um, location-specific uh, events to um, to each of our Coyote Fitness gyms. We're going to do something in Flowwood um, with our with our uh, members here this weekend. So that's going to be a fun time. Um, but we went this past weekend. We went to New Orleans to visit family and. Got to do that. You guys know we talk a lot about, uh, I go on, you know, a couple times a year we try to go down and it's always good to 
to get out of town for a little bit. It gives perspective every time. It gives us perspective on work and just the balance of why we work in the first place. We talk a lot about why are we why are we wanting to do this with nutrition, why are we want to do this with the gym, but why we work and getting to experience family and just get out of town for a little bit gives a lot of perspective. So uh, we had a great time with family and so it was good to do that and got back ready to roll after the holiday weekend. Sweet. Well, you guys both skipped over the uh, the most important week of the year, the first week of NFL season. Fantasy football. <laughs> so it starts tonight. We're shooting this on Thursday. So when this podcast comes out, week one will be in the books. But I'm so excited for uh, NFL to start back up. It's my favorite sport to watch. And uh, we got got a good game tonight. And I'm excited for uh, Sunday, a full full slate of games on Sunday and got the fantasy squad picked uh, last night. How are you night. feeling about that team, by the I'm way? I'm pretty, pretty stoked about my team, honestly. I feel yeah. pretty good about it. Um, I reached a little bit for Alvin Kamara, but I, I have a feeling he's going to have a good year. Um, and I'm kind of Dolphins heavy, but I'm, my faith is in Tua. So, uh, yeah, NFL starting up. It, the weather's starting to cool down a little bit. This is uh, one of my favorite times of year as fall starts and there's football on and, you know, there's Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas all around the corner and the weather's cooling off, especially after this year. It's been so super hot. So, um, really looking forward to a, a, a fun, a fun fall. Plus, we got World Cup soccer coming up around the corner as well. It keeps. It, I keep forgetting that, and when I remember, it brings the same joy over <laughs> and over again. So I'm kind of glad I keep forgetting. But uh, yeah, Thanksgiving this year is going to be the probably the most fun Thanksgiving with just all the football games, rivalry weeks, uh, but then. The World Cup, getting to have a World Cup in November, December is going to be a blast. Ultimate rivalry, U.S. versus England. Yeah, it's, I think it's Friday after Thanksgiving. Yeah, it is the day, the day after, after Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving yeah. Man, and everybody's going to be off from work. It'll probably be the mo- one of the most watched sporting events Absolutely. in history. Absolutely. All right, so uh, let's uh, wrap it up with some recommends. You guys got any recommends to throw in there today? I got a recommend. Okay. Um, I posted about this yesterday. Yeah, I saw it. Man, the News patient. I almost swung in ahead of you to you recommend it before you. I was going to steal it. Just no, really I have a hard enough time with this. Uh, the patient. Have you guys watched it? Yeah, we watched the first three episodes. Man, and, uh, I'm blown away. I think that uh, I think it's it's a little bit. It's stretching me personally because I'm having to go back to that one episode a week, 23 minute episodes, and so what that's done though is it helps you really focus in on some of the details and it's made me even appreciate it more i think steve carell it's it's hard like there was a point where he yelled something when he was he was chained up and he yelled something and i looked at sarah and i said i declare bankruptcy (laughs) so it's hard not it's hard to get the michael scott out of steve carell but i think he does a great job so um the patient on fx you can stream it on hulu but that's my show right now so we we watched it and i didn't realize they were so short and we got got to it, and we were getting into it, and all of a sudden, the, the credits, credits I was like, whoa. And so we rolled through uh, the three episodes. Back, I mean, it's like a little over an hour for three episodes, and then uh, that was it. And so the next day, uh, my wife, Claire, was like, are we going to keep watching that show? And I was like, we're caught up. She was all mad about <laughs> it. it, it was, it's God, it's creepy, but it's really, really good. Uh, there's a lot of good TV on right now. So we talked about the, uh, the Game of Thrones uh, show, and that's been great so far. Um, but the Ring Ring of Power show on Amazon, the Lord of the Rings prequel, um, the first two episodes came out on last Friday. And have you guys watched it? So I don't know what you're where you're about to go with this, but we watched it after hanging out with family in the afternoon. And 
everybody kind of fell asleep during the first episode. And so we didn't get into what I've heard is where it really starts to build some momentum. But the first 40 minutes of it were so it reminds me of spoilers. I haven't. No, I won't spoil it. But it reminds me a lot of the beginning of Game of Thrones because it's very vast in scope. There's a lot of different characters and they're really just kind of laying the groundwork, um, which is my only complaint with the current Game of Thrones show is that it's just focused on a couple of characters and it's more, you know, plot driven and the time's going really fast. What what I love so much about Game of Thrones was the all the different characters. There's so many things going on. The world is so vast and it's so intricate and they're in there all intertwined. And I feel like the Rings of Power is going to be like that as well. But uh, the first two episodes were awesome. And so I'm really looking forward to, um, you know, the rest of the season. I think there's only eight episodes in the season, but it is funny going between the uh between Game of Thrones show and the Rings of Power because Game of Thrones it'll be like someone will get like a like an axe like a backhand or something and blood will go everywhere and their skull goes and then mm-hmm. for the Lord of the Rings show it's like an orc will literally yeah. throw someone against a stone wall yeah. and they'll just fall down and like hop back up. It's Disneyfied, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a, it's there's a family a, friendly it's show. It's a family friendly, much one. more family friendly. Yeah, than Game I'm of like Thrones. that guy's still alive. Yeah. Like, how is that possible? So. uh but yeah, I'm gonna have to finish up. We'll have yeah, to finish up those good. episodes. You gotta recommend Tyler. I'm enjoying reading Fire and Blood. There right you go. Now, actually, yeah. Um, so I've read the other books uh, to the Game of Thrones series, but I felt like I was missing some details. Um, so reading Fire and Blood is so far. I'm only only you know a chapter or two in, but it's uh it's enjoyable so far. So really detail oriented. Like you said, the the world of Game of Thrones is so vast. So if you like the show, um, the books are just even more detail oriented. Well, since we uh, kind of changed the outside-the-box segment and we aren't doing pre- previews for NFL or NCAA football anymore, real quick, let me hear your predictions. Who's going to win college football and NFL championships? Uh, I think Georgia is going to win. Um, college? Yeah, college. They they look good. I don't know. It's hard after one game, but yeah. uh, my brother and sister went to UGA, so like family, we've always just kind of – they've always, so I'm a little bit biased because we watch a lot – we watch most of their games – but uh, I think Georgia's got it for college. They just look unbelievable. I'm picking Alabama. I think they they brought back pretty much everybody, and they got the best player in the country. So uh, I think Alabama's going to win. And I've got a four-year college education riding on Southern Miss, having a winning <laughs> season go. this year. So winning that's all I care about. That's right. Uh, NFL, I'm picking the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl this year. I think everybody's sleeping on them. Everybody forgot how good Patrick Mahomes is. And uh, they uh, revamped their O-line, and I think they are going to – be really, really good and win the Super Bowl. I'm taking the Saints. Saints. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, Caleb. I'm what on that homer. ship, baby. Let's go with what the Saints. Right, I go. like it. I like it. I like it. Okay, so uh, that's it. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the episode, and we will catch you next time. Silky smooth sounds.